We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alexander, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one! Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim! What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. More specifically, welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. As the Thunder drop a really close game, uh, falls to 5-8 five, five and eight on this season after losing to Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers. Our first matchup with Paul George since he left. Uh, it was tough, but it was a really fun game. We are brought to you guys tonight by our awesome sponsor, Untug It. And again, as I mentioned, um, the Thunder lost 90-88 to in the final seconds of the game. It was super close. My Chiefs won. That was a good sign and a, a great way to kick off the night. However, the Thunder did not follow through. Uh, even though it was close, it, just, it really was a fun game, and I'm really thankful I got to cover it. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, a couple fun stats that I found after the game that I wanted to mention. After tonight, and this one isn't so fun, but after tonight, the Thunder have yet to win a road game. That's not great. However, a great stat here from our guy Nick Crane at Crane NBA. Also, shout out to my guy Nick. Uh, both of us are in the same industry at work, and we got to have a little conference call meeting today. He like helped walk me through some software that his company uses um, that my company bought from his company. So it was really cool. We got to we've been friends since. I mean. Basically, elementary school, we used to play basketball against each other, became good friends in middle school. Just a little side note. Um, anyways, it was really cool to get to to do some business with him outside of the podcast, and um, it was really fun. So just a shout out to Nick there. However, he had a great stat after the game, back on track. Um, five of OKC's eight losses this season have been by five points or less. 
you know, we keep talking about here on the podcast, and I keep seeing Thunder fandom out on, on Thunder Twitter talk about how fun this team is, but that stat is just like, it's a great example. They continue to fight. They continue to be competitive. And even as crushing as some of these close games are, it's still a lot of fun because we weren't expecting this. You know, uh, the, the team last year, the team before that, we expected, we there was this, these expectations to win and to win these close games. And we needed to win these close games because the West was so rough but and, and so tough. And we wanted to make the playoffs and we wanted to be a championship contender, so on and so forth. But with this team, it's a different feeling. There's not those expectations coming into the season. And so for them to compete like this and play against some of the, the best teams in the league, like the Clippers, even without Kawhi tonight, um, probably should go ahead and mention Kawhi did not play tonight, um, but Paul George did. And then also the Sixers game, obviously, on Friday. It's just it's really exciting to watch this team. They remain competitive, and they're just a great, fun group to root for and get behind. So just a quick recap before I jump to some themes. Um, the, the first quarter happens, and it's a little slow. Um, Paul George starts out, and we think he's going to continue his hot streak. Before tonight, the Clippers actually tweeted out, I think it was uh, last game, that Paul George had the most points scored by a player in fewer than 21 minutes in league history. He had 37 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists uh, on the Clippers' previous game. I think it was Saturday. And so he starts out hot to begin the game. We think it's going to con- he's going to continue his hot streak since re- returning from his injury. But honestly, Bird locked him down from there. And didn't look back until the end of the game, which we'll get into here a little bit later. Um, also, I thought SGA had a great first quarter on both ends. He was attacking. He was aggressive. You could tell he was excited to be back playing against his former team. They had a great tribute for him. Um, obviously, some great words were said by Doc Rivers and some of his former teammates, Eric Horn uh, and Matty Lee, respectively. Uh, they, aren't, they aren't working the same place anymore. But they uh, they both had some great articles kind of referring to – and some great tweets referring – and just reporting in general, <laughs> referring to um, – to SGA and, and how highly he's thought of from his former organization and I think a great testament of that was a tribute video they did for him after only being there one year as a rookie anyways all that to say that I thought SGA had a great first quarter but after that he kind of took a back seat before getting into foul trouble and kind of struggling from there um, so the Thunder were down at the end of first 23-17 they were only 8 of 21 from the field and they were out rebounded 17-9 to so in the second quarter goes by um, it was pretty big for OKC they outscored the Clips 30-19. to 19. Uh, CP3 started the second quarter. It kind of kick-started the offense, which was interesting. As soon as I saw him start that second quarter, it just kind of resonated with me that maybe Billy's going to be playing him more again, just like Billy did against the Sixers when he played CP3 uh, more than, than Chris Paul um, had been playing, not really doing the load management thing. Um, and that was the case, which I'll get into here in a little bit. Third quarter comes and it was a struggle but for both teams it kind of seemed like there was a whistle almost every other possession the refs almost just kind of took control of the game at this point it was really frustrating and at first it was kind of nice to start third quarter because I thought Beverly is being a little over aggressive um, but after that it pretty much was called on both sides and just it almost it didn't stop uh, to the point that it was ridiculous the refs kind of took over the clips outscored OKC 24 to 17 and Obviously, all that work they did in the second quarter, all the work that OKC did in the second quarter was kind of erased there. It was a tough third quarter, kind of a tough third quarter to play and even watch as a fan. But the fourth quarter happens, and it's kind of a different story, much more fun. Um, Each team actually scored the same amount of points, 24 apiece. Billy closed with Chris Paul, uh, Shea, Schroeder, Ferg, and Steven. So he went small uh, with about 31-ish seconds left. 
Chris Paul strips the ball away from Paul George, which was which was huge, super exciting for Thunder fans. Then he goes down, he gets fouled, draws a foul on Chris Paul with his rip-through move <laughs> that we used to hate as Thunder fans, but now we love this season, now that Chris Paul's on our team. Um, at least I do, anyways. Um, and he's able to uh, put the Thunder up by two, hitting two free throws. And I, I need to mention, this is after Gallo hits a huge three to tie it up right before this. So Paul George goes down. He actually hits a three to put the Clips up one with 25.3 seconds to go because, of course, he does, right? He's playing the Thunder. That's just bound to happen. But then Gallo gets the ball on the other end of the floor. He gets a controversial controversial foul called um, to shoot two free throws. That would put OKC up one. And Gallo, as you guys know, he's been automatic from the free throw line this season. I mean, it's almost a known fact that if he would have shot those free throws, he would have put OKC up by one at this point. However, Doc Rivers, plot twist, he uses his challenge call. And he wins the challenge, and they call the foul on the floor. So OKC is taking the ball out uh, from the sidelines. They throw the ball in. Uh, Gallo actually gets another really good look. They get the ball to Gallo, kind of towards the top of the key. He's right inside the three-point line, shoots a long two. But he's fairly open, and unfortunately, he misses it. Um, I think they end up giving them like .2 seconds on the clock or something like that. They foul Paul George. Paul George hits a free throw, and the Thunder end up losing. Tough way to lose. Um but it was a really, really fun game. So I have some themes for this game, but before I do, a word from our sponsor. Ever see an untucked button now? They look, eh, they look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter what your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy, or girl, for that matter, who needs an upgrade. So I actually was in Kansas City this past weekend, went up there for a wedding, and I'm going through the Plaza District, right? And they have this outlet mall, and I'm looking around, and my wife wants to go and get a coffee. I look across the street, there's an Untuck It. So I actually got to go into the store, see these products firsthand, and I can promise you, I'm not lying, they really are awesome great quality they truly do fit exactly how you want them to and they have great personnel personnel there uh, in the stores and they they do a great job i really enjoy getting to go in there and, and kind of get to see it firsthand you can find your favorite untuck it style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores like i mentioned uh, you can choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy too long or too big ever again and their website is so easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. So some things for tonight. And if you guys have been listening to our post-game podcast uh, so far this season, you guys know that we are breaking these down to themes and kind of putting our own, our own spin on things. Uh, so t- tonight, I'm going to go back to my very first post-game podcast I did this season. And I'm going to group my themes into positive and negatives. One, because um, I felt like they really fit into those two categories again. And two, because it's really late. <laughs> it was a late game tonight. And I do want to try and knock this out here fairly soon. So with all that being said, let's start with the negatives. Um, the first negative I have is one of the first negative I think all of you guys brought up, and I'll get into some Twitter questions later, 
but Steven Adams. Um, he still doesn't look like himself. He did have nine points, uh, 10 rebounds, <laughs> six assists, two steals. He had a pretty solid stat line, um, four of eight from the field. But it's not just the stat line. It's the little things he usually does and the little things that Steven is known for. You know, we've talked about that so much on this podcast, if you guys have listened to us before. It's the little things that he's known for that he's not really doing right now. And honestly, he hasn't done most of the, most of this season in general. He's had a couple really solid games, um, but overall, he's is not doing what he's known for. So what I mean by that, uh, he's struggling around the rim. Uh, particularly tonight, he struggled around the rim. As John Hamm pointed out, we haven't seen that staple Steven push shot, you know, where he kind of heaves the ball with one hand and it seems like he could not miss when like a, a quick little, not, I don't even call it a mid-range, a mid-range shot. It was, it, it's more of like right outside the basket, but we hardly see that anymore. We didn't see as much last year and we're see, seeing it even less this year, but not just that his defense even seems off. He's standing around. He's not going after rebounds aggressively. And you can say that's the Russell Westbrook effect, not having Russ around, but it, he's not even boxing people out. Um, he's not even really jumping. It almost seems like he's flat-footed, uh, for example, like going for lobs. Um, he just he doesn't seem to be moving quite as well as he used to. So maybe that's injury. That could 100% be injury. Uh, but uh, And it may, maybe, again, maybe it's just trying to adjust to new personnel on the team. There's no more Russell Westbrook. He's been used to playing with Russ for so long. But it's still just such a huge question mark. I know you guys are so uh, so curious about it, and you want me to be able to give you a for sure answer. I can't, other than what I just told you. Like, there's a couple possibilities. It's either new personnel, new style of play, maybe because of those uh, new 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 teammates coming in. Maybe a little different style of play than what he's used to, which I actually thought was going to be positive for him, but obviously it isn't. Or maybe he's still dealing with some injuries. Maybe it's something mental that we don't even know about that's going on. Or maybe it's just a mental block in general when it comes to sports that he has going on. But whatever it is, it is very strange. Um, and Steven just doesn't look like himself. You know You know what? Actually, I take that back. I know the answer. I jinxed Steven when we were doing our uncontested preseason preview for the Thunder and I said Steven Adams would make his first all-star game this season so it's all my fault I'm sorry I take blame you guys can uh, can tweet at me at Taylor underscore p15 it's all my fault I apologize <laughs> so moving on my next negative unfortunately as much as this pains me to say my beloved Shabante Gilgis Alexander as Jacob mentioned in our slack SGA seems to be slightly kind of regressing back to the mean in a sense his past couple of games even more than that maybe three or four games really has hasn't been nearly as good as the beginning of his season not that he's been playing bad per se but it has not been quite as solid as his incredible uh, scorching hot start that he had to start the season Shea had 11 points but he only had uh let's see one rebound <laughs> he had zero assist <laughs> he had one steal he was one of four from three, four of ten from the uh, from from the field. Sorry, I'm trying to read these stats and I'm not doing a very good job of it. Um, but he had five turnovers and five personal fouls. Like I said, he got in foul trouble there towards I guess kind of the end of the second quarter and then into, it continued into the third quarter. And he just did not play one of his better games. It was it was uh, upsetting to see because we really could have used Shea uh, tonight. Obviously, kind of a go-to guy down the stretch, and unfortunately, Shea was not playing well. He struggled finishing around the rim tonight against more capable defenders, which 
even then was kind of interesting because I, I thought against a team like the Clippers who don't have a lot of rim protection that Shea could really prosper. Um, but when he had like long, lengthy defenders like Mo Harkless, Paul George, guys of that nature, even with with Kawhi out uh, defending him, he really struggled to getting to the rim just in general. You know, he got in foul trouble, like I mentioned. He only shot four attempts from the field, and it seemed like that kind of got the foul trouble and the uh, shooting struggles early on kind of got into his head. And he just did not quite look like himself. So I don't know. Maybe he's going through a little slump. Maybe he needs a confidence boost, needs to go up against a team, have a big game, and kind of uh, shake shake this rust off and, and kind of get back to what he was doing prior to this game. I really, I'm really i not really sure what it is. I'm not super concerned about Shea because he still did some great things, particularly defensively. You know, it's really uh, optimistic to see Shea uh, competing on the defensive end and using his length and versatility on that end. But uh, and and there then there was some other flashes on the offensive end. For example, he had like a step back three. I, I forget who it was. I think it was in the first half, and I forget who he uh, was defending him. But just small flashes like that that he's still showing. I think Shea's going to be big time. Um, these past couple of games don't change that for me. But regardless, it was still a little upsetting because I thought Shea might have a big game going back up against his former team. So hopefully he can change that tomorrow night uh, going up against guys of the caliber of like LeBron James. And I, I don't know if Rondo's going to be playing. Probably be the other matchup for him um, playing point guard for the Lakers. Regardless, I hope Shea has a another breakout game here soon to kind of shake off this this little funk he's going through and start to, to perform better. So... Um, Another negative I have, just in general, I mentioned Shea shooting, but in general, it was just the shooting for the Thunder um, overall as a team. The Thunder only shot 28 of 75 from the field, 7 of 27 from the three-point line. It's tough to win a game shooting like that. Uh, we kind of saw that against the uh, the Pacers. This game was not as bad as the Pacers game overall, but the shooting was close to it. Now, fortunately, the clips weren't much better, but still, like I said, it's, it, it was rough. Um, and then one last negative I wanted to, to mention, I actually tweeted about no Hamadou Diallo tonight. Now, this injury doesn't seem to be anything serious, fortunately, knock on wood. Um, I guess Hamadou kind of tweaked his knee, and I think before the game, it was either Eric Horn or maybe Matty Lee. One of them re reported or tweeted out that Billy mentioned that Hamadou will be reevaluated before the Lakers game tomorrow night. Or I guess by the time you guys are hearing this tonight, Tuesday night, and uh, hopefully we'll be good, good to go. So it doesn't seem too serious. It seems like they, on a back to back, they didn't want to play him two two nights in a row. I want to give him one one more day of rest. But regardless, that meant more Abdul Nader, who actually had a okay game. He did some positives tonight, which we haven't really seen from him this season. But I think the best way to put this is the way Andrew Schleck put it. And you guys need to go and, and pull up this tweet. This is 100% him. I am not taking credit for this. But it was so hilarious. It was so perfect that I just have to mention it. He mentioned Nader's driving to the rim as an adventure. And that is the most perfect way to put it. It's like it's an experience. You don't know what's going to happen. Every once in a while. Uh, what's the saying? Like once in a full moon or whatever. Um, Nader will get an and one. Like he did tonight. And he'll be able to do something. Other times, he looks like a bat out of hell and has the ball up to his chin. And it's just out of control, arms falling. And he's either going to turn the ball over or kick it out of bounds. And I say all this, and I feel bad because you can tell the guy's a little anxious. And he did do some really positive things tonight, periodically throughout the game. I'm stepping up for homie. But regardless, you do not want Nader playing that many minutes. And... 
even if Hami can't shoot the outside shot, or even with Hami with with the flaws that he does have, he's become such such a more capable defender uh, this season, and we've seen that particularly on ball. So when you have Ferguson who played incredible tonight, particularly defensively, another great game for Ferguson, which I'll get into in a little bit. He Ferguson played a team high thirty five minutes. Now you get Hami, you can bring him in, and he can take away those Nader minutes and also give Ferg a little more rest because he's more capable on the defensive end, and it can also do things offensively, obviously, that we've talked about on this podcast. But all that to say that you bring in a a more refreshed Ferguson to guard Paul George towards the end of that game. Does Paul George hit that shot? Who knows? Does Ferg hit a couple more of those threes? Potentially, right? And then you have to take into consideration that Ferg played 35 minutes tonight, which, again, was a team high. And this is the first night of a back-to-back. So tomorrow night when Ferguson has to go up against LeBron James, well, I tweet this out as well. Well, good luck, Ferg. <laughs> you played 35 minutes the night before, and you're going up against one the, the maybe tied for the best player of all time. Like, best of luck. So all that to say that not having Hami really affected this team. And hopefully we'll be getting him back tomorrow night, but we will see. Now, enough negatives. Let's go ahead and tr- transfer over to some positives here to, to wrap up this podcast. First and foremost... I mentioned him here just with this last negative, actually. Um, but a positive is new hair, Terrence Ferguson. He continues to impress. Now, he didn't have a big offensive game like he did last Friday against the Sixers. But he put on a clinic defending Paul George. He really did. And I know that's like, you're like, what? Paul George was 50% from the field. But yeah, but he was only he was held to 17 points after scoring like 30-plus the past two games, uh, his first two games back. Uh, he was not the Paul George that we've seen since he returned from his injury. Ferguson played incredible on him and just in general on the defensive end, diving for loose balls, making the extra plays. You know, he he stayed in front of Paul George without fouling, which is huge, and there's not very many defenders in the NBA who can even do that against a player of the caliber of Paul George. Um, and I can say that following and covering Paul George this past season with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um Ferguson was also diving for loose balls, like I mentioned. He was getting rebounds and steals, helping on defense. He was getting around screens in the pick and roll. His defense tonight was just just about textbook. And if he's able to knock down a couple more threes, again, whether that's getting Hami in who can give Ferguson a little more rest, or whether that's Ferguson just finding his stroke like he was able to Friday night, or his teammates looking for him more, combination of all the above, etc., etc., he has a huge game on both ends if he's able to be able to knock down those shots. And it's just really exciting. It's super optimistic. And I hope to see this confidence continue because if Ferguson can continue to grow, particularly this season, and you you combine that with SGA taking another leap um, as the season goes along and another leap the, the coming season, you pair him with Ferguson and some of these upcoming draft picks and then obviously Baisley and maybe even Diallo as they continue to develop, you really have a special young core. And so seeing some of these young guys like Ferguson, SGA, Diallo, Baisley, and then all these future draft picks obviously coming up. You know, there's a lot to be excited about there. So uh, Ferguson has me really excited right now, even as a diehard Hami fan. And I hope to see uh, Ferguson's confidence continue. And it'll be really extremely interesting as he will be put up to the test tomorrow night against guys like LeBron James, even if he's on Danny Green some. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see how all that plays out. So another positive, speaking of great defense, Nerlens Noel had a great defensive game. Similar to Ferg, he was diving for loose balls, getting blocks, 
He was helping on defense. There were even times where, where a couple plays, and I can think of one particular where I think it was in the first half where Ferguson and Diallo, or not Diallo, good as Ferguson and um, Nerlens went up and trapped a, I forgot who had the ball. It might have been Beverly. Regardless, they, they both go up with their long, athletic hands and arms. They're able to uh, de- deflect the ball, get a steal, and it led to a fast break. Um, just that's one specific example, but Nerlens was all over the place. I thought he had a great defensive game. He had three blocks, two steals. Two steals doesn't seem like that much. It felt like he had a lot more. I probably should look up his deflections, but again, this is a late night post game podcast, so I don't really have the time for that. But uh, eight rebounds, three assists. He's five or six from the free throw line. Just a great game from Nerlens as he uh, tries out for the Los Angeles Clippers. Oops. Did I say that well on the podcast? Oops. Um, no. <laughs> Actually, I really like Nerlens and I'd love to keep him on the Thunder, but. He just seems like a perfect candidate for a, a team like the Clippers or the Lakers or any other team in the league that really needs a, a center who can play some solid minutes for them. The Celtics, you know, like there's a lot of teams that could really use a player like Nerlens Noel, so I would not be surprised, um, particularly how well he's played this season overall, to kind of see him uh, potentially get traded uh, unless they can get something more maybe for Steven and Presti decides to keep Nerlens and go a different route. Who knows? All that to say, I thought Nerlens played a really good game, and I want to make that joke at the end about him trying out for the Clippers. But um, it's really fun to have Nerlens on this team, and I'm glad to kind of see him have a resurgence of his career here in Oklahoma City these past two two seasons. So I talked about Ferg and Nerlens' defense, but defense as a whole tonight was a huge positive. They had a season-high 12 steals, with seven coming in the first half. They held the Clippers to 10 of 36 from three. They forced 17 turnovers. Although the Thunder had the same, which is a negative, but a positive that they were able to also force 17 turnovers uh, against the Clippers. And I thought the defense continued to look sharp tonight. Um, So that obviously was a positive. I won't go into that anymore because I'm going a little long here. But I was really happy to see the defense, particularly on a night where the offense really struggled, the defense stepping up and keeping them in the game. Because that's literally the reason they were able to stay in this game was because of the defense. And one final positive I want to mention. There's this guy, you guys maybe heard, maybe have heard of him. His name's Chris Paul. He goes by CP3, and he's playing really great right now. He had 22 points. He had four rebounds, four assists, um, was 10, 11, 10 of 11 from the free throw lines. He, he's continued to shoot uh, from the free throw line great and make it to the free throw line. That was especially huge tonight, um, I, which I mentioned a couple different times with his rip-through moves. He was 2 of 4 from 3, 5 of 10 from the field. And he played 33 minutes, which I'm looking through here. That's actually that was the second highest behind Terrence Ferguson, which is very unique. I mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast, but um, Billy has kind of been, or I shouldn't say Billy, the organization as a whole has kind of been load managing him. Um, and that 33 minutes uh, again after Friday, I think he played something similar, like the second most on the team. The Thunder continue to rely on him more and more, letting him kind of do his thing, and he's playing better in return. So whether that's increasing his trade value. Or rather, that's just um, helping the team in general. You know, that I think that's definitely a positive. I thought he facilitated great. You know, obviously, um, that's something he's known for, and we knew that coming into or when we made the trade and Chris Paul came into, came to the Thunder this past offseason. But he made some phenomenal passes, especially down low to Steven and Erlens. Just some of these no-look passes that he made down low to them just led to wide-open layups or dunks, even if both of them maybe missed one or two. Um, it doesn't take away from how great those passes and looks were. He kept being aggressive. He had some clutch plays. He drew some fouls, like I mentioned down the stretch, which, with his rip-through move. I mentioned that a couple different times tonight. Um, and it's just great to see him play so well and get these minutes. Like I mentioned earlier, whether it's rating, 
raising his trade value or just helping the team remain competitive and getting these young guys experience, which I think is huge in like in close games like this against some of the best teams in the league, like the Clippers, even without Kawhi, or the Sixers on Friday, or the Bucks. It, it just it's great for these young guys to have this experience. And so um Chris Paul's playing a huge part in that and I'm very thankful for him um, for, for kind of taking this leadership role both on and off the court. And uh, I mentioned these young guys getting this, this really valuable experience, and that leads me to my last positive before I jump into some Twitter questions. The Thunder lost another game, but they remain competitive against one of the best teams in the league, even if they didn't have Kawhi, and that's another ping pong ball for our lottery. I know it's annoying to say, and I know I was on Twitter harping about how I, on the uncontested account, um, harping about how I wish that the, the Thunder could have pulled this one off because I really wanted this, and I do, particularly during... Um, you know, during the game and when I'm all heated and excited and the Thunder are playing great. But when it comes down to it, that's not what's best for the future of this team. And um, neither is like just full out tanking like the Sixers did a while back, you know, where they're just losing games and people aren't showing up to the games. This is different. These guys are competing. They're fun to root for. They're fun to get behind. They're going to, to win some of these games, which is fun and exciting. But when it comes down to it, they're still going to have a decent chance at a decent lottery pick, which is huge for the future of this team. So that's another positive. I won't go into that anymore because we've talked quite a bit about that already on this podcast in the past. But regardless, those are my positives and negatives for this game. So I tweeted out a video after the game. Paul George went up to or Terrence and Paul George kind of mutually went up to each other and seemed they had a really good conversation. But it was kind of funny. Um because obviously there's a lot going on. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it, there was a uh, adult actress, I guess, by the name of Tiana Trump um, on Twitter who tweeted out at the Thunder. She added them in a tweet saying that a player there on the Thunder needed to pay her, obviously, for some sort of services. And she didn't go into details. But obviously this caught on um, on NBA Twitter and people were speculating about who it was. Um, there was somebody who went in and did some research and Deontay Burton was the only one following her. So maybe it's Deontay. There's some people who said Gallo because Gallo is kind of the flashy, stylish uh, guy on the team. There were some people who said it was PG from last year. And that was kind of one of the most popular ones, um, which was really funny. Uh, and there was a couple others like our own Jacob who kind of laughed and thought it should it should have been Ferguson, you know, after... Um, He's single, you know, um, he's falling in Paul George's footsteps. Maybe it was Ferguson. So all that to say, I tweet out this video and I asked for the best caption and that they would get a shout out on tonight's postgame pod. And our very own Jacob came in the clutch, obviously, and gave us a great one here. He said, quote unquote, I heard you were hitting up that adult film star. You owe her money. And then uh, that was Paul George. Ferguson would reply with, nah, bro, that's Billy out here. He's wild wilding out. <laughs> so that was pretty good. And then the other one I got, which is pretty funny, um, Alex at BallinLR03, and he said something similar, quote-unquote, you didn't pay Tiana? Come on, bro, that's the first thing I told you. Obviously, you know, Paul George kind of being the mentor to Ferg, so those were both pretty funny. Uh, you guys all liked it, but I only got two replies, so you guys need to step up. If you have any more, go on, reply to him. It's pretty funny. So really quick, I want to answer your guys' Twitter questions. i got a couple. I'm, I'm really thankful for you guys for sending those in. Um, both Thunderbeard and Greg Milkowski, or sorry, Craig, Craig Milkowski at Time Forum US Figs, um, they both asked similar questions about Adams. 
So I'm going to use Craig's here. He said, what is up with Adams? He just looks terribly slow, even more than usual, which Billy had left Noel and down the stretch. So I already uh, kind of touched on Adams. But I want to answer this question because I'm kind of with you. It would have been interesting to see Nerlens down there, uh, down the stretch. But I think you needed Steven down for his rim protection, his overall defense, uh, his communication on defense, particularly down the stretch when you have like uh, Harold down there who had been torching the Thunder all game, um, as well as obviously even just Paul George trying to drive to the rim and Lou Will trying to drive to the rim. I think it was important to have Steven in there, even if he wasn't performing his best. But I certainly am with you. I think Netherlands had the better game, particularly tonight. And one could maybe even argue um, a better season overall. So I'm with you, Craig, and also Thunderbeard. But Thunderbeard also sent in a, a friend of the pod who sends in some great questions. He sent a different question I want to answer. He said, I see some differing opinions on that challenge call. thought the rest made the correct call by overturning it since I've always heard the hand was part of the ball or something like that. What is your understanding? So Thunderbeard, again, this is late, so I didn't like go in and actually look at the rules. But you're correct in that the hand is uh, a, a part of the ball in terms of officiating. Um it seemed to me, though, that I think it was Harkless had reached in and even before that maybe had had contacted Gallo's arm or, or his own hand before touching the ball. I personally thought it was a foul. Uh, after looking at the replay, I could see where maybe it was a little tough to see uh, that it could have been uh, that Harkless or whoever it was hit the ball. Um, if he did hit the ball, then that would have been the correct call. It would have been a, a, a no call, essentially. But um, regardless, yeah, that was tough, a tough way because a, t a tough way to end the game because I think obviously Gallo would have iced that, hit those two free throws, and I'm not sure the Clippers would have made the shot on the other end of the floor. So it was very unfortunate. Uh, and I'm sorry I don't have a more in-depth answer for you, but like I said, I'm trying to answer all these, and it's getting late. Um, at or Zoko at L-S-O-N? Um, they asked, when will you change the intros? And that is a great question. We actually have talked about this uh, amongst one another. And our friend of the pod, Jacob Silva, who created the awesome intro already, uh, has talked to us about it. And we just need to get with him, honestly, and uh, reach back out to him and, and see if he has time. I know he's, I think he's finishing up school and stuff right now. But if he has time to get us new intros with new quotes, uh, since our quotes from the current intros are a little outdated so that is a great question Zoko. we will definitely try and get on that because we're, we're with you it'd be fun to to get some new intros that are more current for the season and more relevant for the season i guess and then finally my last one is john at john edwin 755 do you guys have a timetable on when the thunder might possibly trade Schroeder? i kind of like him sometimes but he can't be our leading field goal attempts in a game and it gives more on ball time to cp3 and shea and i obviously he's assuming if if Schroeder's traded and I'm with you, John. I do not have a timetable, but I would definitely think that Shooter is a candidate to be traded uh, as soon as December hits when some of these guys on other teams, obviously there was a ridiculous uh, percentage of players who signed in free agency with other teams this year, which means that they are not eligible to be traded until like December 15th, I believe. That's off the top of my head. Um, but after that date, those guys can be traded and included in trades which and, and like grouped together in trades which would mean that that would be a good time for Schroeder to be traded between then and obviously the trade deadline in February. So I, I do highly expect Schroeder to be traded um, this trade deadline, even if he's had a couple rough 
past couple of games. He's shown that he's very capable, even as a starter, a lower-tier starter for the right team, or just as a six-man or a you know another ball handler to have on the floor. Uh, go listen to our last podcast from this previous week. You guys can listen to some shooter trades that all of us came up with. I think there's a couple good ones on there. So that's all I have for tonight. Thank you guys again for sending in all of your questions, for all of your support for the podcast, um, for following along with me tonight. I know it's late. You guys were tweeting along with me and and favoriting and retweeting tweets, and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you as well to our sponsor uh, for the postgame pod, Untuck It, our sponsor for this week. Be sure to follow uh, Blue Wire Podcast. You can go on there and see all their different podcasts. For There's tons of NBA podcasts. There's tons of sports if you're uh, into NFL getting ready for the playoffs coming up here in about a month or a little less be sure to check out blue wire podcast and they will have you covered for everything Um, continue to follow us jacob will be back at the okc blue home game tomorrow night covering the blues be sure to follow him following some of these younger guys like lee door and devin hall and and others um we will have you guys covered for the lakers game lakers thunder game tomorrow night another late one at 9 30 so get your coffee ready Try and stay up because we will have you guys covered for that as well with the post game podcast. I believe Jacob is also doing an all star. Shout out, Jacob. And if you guys are liking what you're hearing or what you're seeing on Twitter, please go and give us a five star rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because it really does help us tremendously. So thank you guys again. Tune in tomorrow. We'll have you guys covered for the Lakers game. And I hope you guys are able to stay up for that one. Really appreciate your guys' support. And until next time, Thunder Up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.